Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events. There's something happening almost every day. So, hello everyone, and thanks for joining me today. This is Buket Baran, and I'm a senior product manager at Spotify. And today I'm going to talk to you about my experience on becoming a global product manager. Okay, so before we jump into the topic, I would like to give you a bit of background about myself. Um, I'm an engineering-based product manager with a little more than 10 years of experience now. And during those years, I have worked on various software and hardware products. And my first taste of global product management was for a cyber uh, security firm, uh, Komodo, where I was the product manager for a consumer security application. And then I made my way to Luxembourg to start my role as a senior product manager at Amazon uh, within the International Technology Group. And during my time there, my interest in machine learning developed and I then decided to take that interest and grow it here at Spotify. And I'm currently a senior product manager on the content delivery platform within the personalization group in Spotify. All right, um, so over the years, I had to shift from a local product management perspective to a global product management. And I would love to talk to you about my experiences and learnings during this shift. So I kind of grouped my learnings into three buckets. Um, first, I will talk about enlarging your vision and then we will look into the importance of being a lifelong learner. And finally, um, we will talk about some important tips and tricks on the topic of engagement. Okay, so let's start with talking about enlarging your vision. A rule of thumb, product vision reveals what your customers' problems are and what your solution might be. It sheds light and indicates a way to set up the right goals for your team. Your customers are the driving force behind your products, right? So in order to have a broader vision, one must study and identify customer problems and opportunities inside and outside of your company's primary market. I am emphasizing the primary market here because uh, you may be building globally, but you may first start experimenting in one particular market, which is generally the primary market. So please do not fall in the trap of researching only on that specific market, but do study the customer needs and the market needs for all different locals that you are operating. And that will eventually help you to set up the right uh, vision. For instance, 
um, at Amazon, we operated across multiple markets. So the first step for me was to develop a matrix that would highlight the commonalities for your customer, uh, for the customer pain points across all these uh, different markets. This would then help me define the big racks. And what big racks mean is that the big racks are the primary groupings or major foundation problems that would lead you to define your product vision or strategy. Okay, um, so let's continue. Here I would also like to talk about the importance of seeking and leveraging diversity since coming up with the right solution is the next step here. So once the problem or opportunity is vetted, then it's time to explore some possible solutions. And having a diverse team is key on a global level. In my experience, this diversity is a major asset. And it basically stands out because it results in diverse ideas or engaging brainstorming sessions and you can gather plenty of opportunities for learning from this session. And at the end of the day, all of these can and will help you to set up a broader and a more refined vision. So make sure to use the power of diversity. Okay, now we come to the point of exploration. Be an explorer of your own product. I recommend product managers to know every bit of their product, all its ins and outs. This includes not only, say, the main features, but uh, also the technical background of it, so that you can answer any questions that pop up about your product. So use your product frequently, and I mean, you really need to get lost in it. But this exploration also needs to go beyond your product. So research your global competitors frequently as well and explore their products. This will help you to identify something about the market's character that you did not consider necessarily before. And it is always helpful. Another thing is uh, to make sure to reach out and get involved in other discussions. This is especially applicable in large uh, global companies. Just by listening in, you might learn a lot about what is going on in different teams, like what their goals are. So this can help you better align your broader vision with theirs. Then this would aid in finding additional support or resources in situations where you might need them. And while doing this, try to have at least one takeaway from every meeting for yourself. And by takeaway, I mean anything from an action, notes, or a point of contact, something new that you learned. Okay, so talking about finding the right solution, I also recommend having a checklist of your own before you start developing a solution. So based on my experiences, 
here I'm going to share a few things that you might also consider. So the first thing is to do your research and to come up with a well-defined value proposition. Um, I recommend doing an extensive research to understand what added value you are bringing in. If you're building a Me Too product, then what is it really that you are solving? So articulate your value proposition well. And you may find online uh, templates around how to articulate your value proposition. And in order to do well, uh, you first need to identify your target customer, your goal, and the unique offer that you bring in. Some properties of a well-defined value proposition would be um, the problem that you're solving should be testable, and the problem, the problem and the offering must be real, or your offering must be distinct and unique from uh, other alternative solutions in the market. Okay, so another thing is the availability of tools and platforms. Um, so the solution that you're building might require to use different platforms or tools, right? So it's important, especially in a global context, to understand the availability of these. On the other hand, if you're building new tools or platforms, you might want to have a plan to launch them globally. So then they are accessible for everyone across the whole enterprise. Though um, it is also important to investigate the feasibility of being able to manage all your operating platforms on a global scale. Um, because once you bring out a new platform, then you will need to keep the lights on and do maintenance work from time to time. So it is important to set up your resources well. Okay. So also make sure to check out legal requirements for each market. Let's say you're building a user-facing feature or product. You should always keep in mind that uh, different markets will have different legal requirements. And you will need to ensure that you fix any red flags beforehand. So it is important to gather feedback um, before you move forward with any experimentation or a product launch. Um, you also need to keep an eye for the upcoming new regulations that might eventually affect your product or features. So if in case of any change needed, you plan it beforehand and you don't put yourself into a crisis of changing priorities in the middle of an important footprint. Um, another important point here is that one size will not fit them all. So let's say you are about to launch a recommendation engine that would support different personalization features around the globe. You can't just come up with one model. You will need to create uh, different models or strategies for different markets. So you should set up a global vision, but at the end of the day, you will need to have some local strategies. And finally, if the feature or the product needs to be localized, you might want to invest in building an internal translation engine. 
it is also an option to integrate an existing AI solution from the market. All of these different options are much better than what I once had to do. Had to do. Um, I crowdsourced translation from a product forum, and this was working pretty well, but at the same time, it was extremely time consuming and also risky. All right, so this was more or less what I wanted to discuss about enlarging your vision and some points that might help you to shift your focus from local to global. Now I would like to continue with the second bucket, which is being a lifelong learner. This, I believe, is uh, another key component of going global. And I know uh, most of us are curious, but how many of us are really taking action on a daily basis to feed our curiosity? We should not lose ourselves in inertia, but always seek for some new information to consume every day. Like years ago, when I started my career as a uh, product specialist in Turkey, I was an engineering graduate and I had no particular training on product management. That is when I did my research and uh, even met with the product school website for the first time. I tried to read every article I have done online courses. I kind of simply educate myself to be a competitive, pro competitive product manager on a global scale. Of course, there are various ways of learning new things. So first, you could take online courses, you could read various materials and uh, participate in webinars to keep up with developments and learn something new. My experience is that it also helps a lot to develop empathy for your various customer personas. Yes, I think that learning more has an indirect way of helping you wear your customer's shoes. So define, test, and iterate your way of working. Right. So defining, testing, and iterating is something we product managers do with each and every experimentation. So when you work with a global cross-functional team, it is important also to test your way of working and improve if necessary. This is especially important, I believe, for the product managers that need to engage with a lot of uh, other stakeholders um, on a daily basis and uh, always ask for feedback and improve, for sure. An important part of this iterate and improve process is also asking for and uh, incorporating feedback. Don't be shy about asking for feedback. And learn from different customers from different markets. One mistake we make from time to time is to overly focus and only target one type of customer persona and ignoring the differences from market to market. I feel if we make sure that curiosity is driving us, it will be natural to zoom out and look at the big picture, which ultimately avoids this type of mistakes. And it helps us develop a better product. Okay, let's continue with the failures. So learning from failures is probably one of the most important parts of learning. 
On the other hand, ignoring a failure, I feel, is probably one of the most negative things you can do to yourself or your company. Understanding the failure and why it happened will always positively impact not only you, but also your company. Okay, so you have seen failures and you had your learnings. You should make sure to share your learnings with others. And one really helpful way to share your learnings with others would be through postmortem documents. If you're working in a company with uh, various geographically dispersed teams, you won't be able to invite them to your retrospective session, not always. And this type of documentation will help coordination. And this in the long term will even help others uh, reduce their experimentation costs. So it is always important to share your learnings with others. Okay, so we talked about the importance of being a lifelong learner as well. And here's the final bucket I would like to elaborate a bit, which is to continuously engage with your development team, stakeholders, and customers. So you should involve them early in the design process and ask for feedback. Like I can give you an example of this. I remember using a poll in my product user forum regarding the next user interface design. And it helped me shape the next upcoming design with my customers, customers, which was a nice way of getting early feedback. And another example is from Amazon. Um, we wrote PRFAQs for any new projects in the pipeline, uh, which is basically a future press release followed by um, some frequently asked questions. And with this document, we captured early feedback, which is a great way to eliminate any early red flags before you go for the experimentation. Okay, so here is another point I would like to mention here is the importance of uh, speaking the language of data. A customer quote, a user metric would have the power to tell a lot, especially if crossing meaning with words is not your thing. Speak with the language of data and share insights continuously. It will back you up in new feature requests or during the priority discussions with your team. Okay, and the final point I want to mention here is that innovation might be hiding somewhere in feedbacks. By experience, I've been able to solve a sophisticated engineering problem with a small user interface feature addition that was actually found in a suggestion from a customer. So continuously engage with everyone and look for clues that might lead you to innovation. And by engaging, I don't mean a small talk. I do mean to focus and understand their problems. The more you engage, the more you will learn interesting facts about your product. So when I was a product manager, again, for the security application, I needed to 
uh, get to know the users better, to understand their particular needs. Oftentimes, I would spend my time messaging in our uh, product forums and reading their feedbacks and uh, talk with them. And if you don't have the opportunity to have a one-on-one discussions with your customers, then make sure to read out various customer insights reports and try to put yourself in their shoes. Create some personas and uh, walk through your features and see if you can catch any gaps or anything that needs to be improved. To even explore more, you can create a, a small meeting group from various different teams in your organization and assign them some personas. Have a brainstorming session, then discuss around uh, what were the pain points that they have experienced and try to extract information that would help you fine tune your product. So as I said earlier, be an explorer and remember that everything is interesting if you put your genuine focus. Okay. So finally, while engaging, make sure to listen carefully and be in the moment. As a product manager, and especially in global context, you might have meetings with various customers and stakeholders coming from different places and cultures. Always hear them out and always be receptive to their critics and use them for further improvement. Ask questions, put interest on uh, positive comments, but put more interest on negative ones. That is what will help you to get there. And that is actually where the global aspect of product management truly comes into play. Okay, so if you're still there and listening, thank you so much for taking the time I hope the learnings I have shared will help you along the way. And please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and follow me on Spotify and get a taste of what I'm listening to. Thanks again for your time and take care. Thank you for listening to the product podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.